So you've been diagnosed with heart disease. It is not an immediate death sentence because there are things you can do to turn around your heart health and live a full life. Welcome to Novant Health Healthy Headlines, I'm Gina DiPietro. Heart disease kills more Americans each year, about 655,000, than anything else. It's the leading cause of death among women and men. But 80% of heart disease is preventable. In this episode, Cliff Mertens talks to Dr. Sandy Charles, a Novant Health cardiologist, about the steps you can take if you're facing the task of living with heart disease. Thank you for listening. Once you're diagnosed with coronary disease, is it reversible? Um, yes. So, you know, like you said, um, coronary disease is so prevalent uh, that the first thing I kind of tell people when they're diagnosed with it is that they're, you know, not alone and to not to feel discouraged, but to feel um, engaged with their physicians and their medical care and empowered that what they can do will make a difference. And so, you know, I, I don't, it, it, it depends on how the coronary disease has manifested itself um, and what complications have occurred. Um, so some things that happen due to coronary disease are in fact reversible, um, but a lot of things um, at the very least can be prevented from recurring uh, based on lifestyle changes and you know understanding and adhering to the medical therapy exercise um, amongst a variety of things. I imagine it, it, it's if you get that diagnosis, it's easy to panic and think my arteries are blocked. This is it. The drain is never going to open again. I, I'm I'm a goner. But that's not the case. Tell me specifically what it, well what you can do to to reverse some of that damage. And you just touched on it: lifestyle, exercise, things like that. Yeah. So to take a step back, you know, coronary disease can manifest itself in a variety of ways. And like you touched on, essentially, it's, you know, is your plumbing blocked or not? And so there are a variety of ways that uh, patients uh, learn of their diagnosis. You know, there are um, a, a lot of patients who have no symptoms at all. And just based on uh, imaging, find out that they have a little bit of plaque. Um, and, and these patients are ideal in identifying that the plaque is there, but thankfully, it's minimal enough that it's not causing any problems, but imperative to start therapy to keep it from progressing. So from for this patient group, so important to start aspirin therapy and statin therapy, cholesterol therapy, regardless of what your cholesterol level is, because that actually stabilizes the plaque, prevents it from causing heart attacks, um, and, and, and helps to keep the plaque from progressing um, to a lot of different vessels. But, you you know, number one thing I tell my patients is if they're feeling well, exercise, 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 um, watching and minimizing how much um, sugar and carbohydrates they take in and processed foods. Um, and, and all of that helps to minimizing uh, the complications and progressions from coronary disease. But there are a large subset of people who unfortunately you know, um, uh, find out that they have heart disease because they have a heart attack or they start having chest pain. And these are people who have severe heart blockages. And for them, uh, uh, like their, um, you know, minimal uh, uh, plaque uh, uh, patients, it's uh, super important to start aspirin and cholesterol medications and 
And those are things that should be continued for a lifetime if possible. Uh, but these are people who go on to needing stents and, and other therapies to open up their blockage. And, and so uh, thankfully for these people, they feel better after that is done. Um, and then it's so important for them to, you know, get into the swing of exercising and trusting their bodies again and knowing how much they can push themselves. And for them, additional medications are, are also necessary. How important is it for, to pay attention to your blood pressure and your cholesterol levels? I know a lot of people might get a, a diagnosis early on that theirs is high and they brush it off and think, okay, no big deal. I'll worry about that. That's an old person's disease. Yes. So thank you for bringing that up. That's something that's exceedingly, exceedingly important. Um, and that's because heart disease is the number one cause of death for both men and women, killing more people than all forms of cancer combined. Yet 80% of heart disease is preventable, uh, simply based on risk factor modification. So a lot of these risk factors that you mentioned, having high blood pressure, having high cholesterol, um, diabetes, these are things that people tend to not feel and to not know that they even have unless they're getting screened regularly. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people just feel like, you know, they have something bad if they have these things. And it's a bad thing to start medications. Um, but, you know, I tell people, you know, number one, a lot of these risk factors can actually be reversed um, through exercising um, regularly and consistently through a low sodium diet and really paying attention to weight and what people are eating. Um, I, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people just are not aware about how much sodium is in processed foods. And they think, oh, you know, I don't put a lot of salt in my food. But I say, you know, if you go to Chick-fil-A and you just get a regular chicken sandwich, a lot of them have upwards of 80% of your whole day's recommended amount of salt in, in that and including a lot of those um, salads at fast food places. So it, it's really important to pay attention uh, to what you're eating and to eat as many whole foods and uh, plant based foods on um, exercise and those can truly make a difference. And I, I tell people, you know, to, to really uh, partner with their doctors to understand um, what medication are important for blood pressure and cholesterol and to, to really um, be open and comfortable to say if they're having side effects so that th that can be, be switched. But to really emphasize that medications don't have to necessarily be a lifelong commitment uh, because I have lots of patients who with a commitment to exercise and getting on a healthy diet and cutting back on alcohol intake, which is an important thing to bring up, especially uh, during this uh, pandemic where, you know, a good number of people are actually drinking uh, more than usual, you know, and obviously cutting back on smoking and, and touching based on stress and anxiety, all of these things, if they're modified, um, um, can be, um, can be um, optimized through lifestyle changes and not just medications alone. It, it, they're, they're both important, exercise and diet. And a lot of people pick either or. It's hard to maintain both. Which mm -hmm. kind of people have the most trouble doing and maintaining? Is it exercise or is it that low-fat, low low-salt diet? Yeah, you know, what I what I what I have seen is a, a lot of um, obstacles or hurdles um, 
really depend on the way you were raised and what you were exposed to. So, you know, the patients that I have that have grown up in households where, you know, their parents were always eating healthy and primarily veggies um, and their parents exercise, you know, they're more likely to engage in these things. Um, and, and the converse is true for people who aren't as exposed. But but I, I will say, you know, it, it, it's equally it's equally difficult, um, but 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 very possible to optimize uh, both things. So I tell people that really nothing is more important than your health, especially because a, a good portion of people with heart disease unfortunately don't don't get the um the privilege of of having symptoms or having a chest pain as a as an indicator they ha- that they they have heart disease for a lot of people you know death is the first uh sign of heart disease or uh or cardiac arrest um and 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 so so really taking every opportunity to optimize health so yes people say that they don't have enough time unfortunately especially during this pandemic uh people are at home working uh, watching kids uh, during school virtually. Um, but the one thing I emphasize is anything and everything that you can do is helpful for exercise. You don't have to have a Peloton. Uh, obviously, you don't have to go to the gym. Uh, but just being able to, you know, take breaks and, and walk around your home, stand in place and, and jog while you're watching TV, um, 30 minutes a day, five minutes, uh, five days a week um, is what is not recommended, but is absolutely necessary to maintain health. And, you know, I have the privilege of seeing patients who have have done this through their life. And I see the 92 year olds who are doing jump, jumping jacks and are, and are still, you know, exercising. So, so it's, there's really something to um, preservation of, 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 of health that that's so important. And the same with diet, I have people say, you know, Dr. Charles, it's so hard to cook. I'm, you know, watching the kids and working, I really don't have enough time. And I always say, if you don't make that investment on the front end, um, you know, you'll end up having to make that investment on the back, the back end, um, in terms of dealing with poor health and, and having to make the time to go to doctor's appointments or go, you know, going to hospitals. So, so little things I tell people cut back on sugary drinks, you know, 20 ounces of Coca-Cola is the same amount of sugar as 18 chocolate chip cookies. So if you can make simple switches, like not having uh, sugary drinks, but having water or tea with minimal sugar, um, cutting back on fast food, foods and trying to cook primarily at home and trying to have more veggies, uh, that would be great. And you know, it's a process. You got to rewire your taste buds to not be so used to all that sugar and salt. Uh, But in the end, it is certainly worth it. Talk about the effect of stress on a person's heart and what that really does affect your health and what people can do, especially now during the pandemic to sort of reduce that stress and make themselves a little less heart damaging. Yes, yes. So stress and anxiety have profound effects on heart health. Uh, Unfortunately, unlike diabetes and high blood pressure, it's, it's not as um, it's harder to be uh, objective and to quantify exactly what uh, the contribution is to heart disease. But, you know, studies know that when you are more stressed and more anxious, uh, you are 
frequently less likely to get adequate sleep. You're less likely to have um, enough time to in engage in activities like exercise. You tend to put yourself second and are, are more concerned with the day-to-day -day, uh, activities. Um, and so um, it is exceedingly important uh, to, for, for physicians, one, to ask about patients' stress level and anxiety level because uh, these things can lead to bad habits. They can lead to overeating and weight gain. They can lead to increased alcohol intake. Uh, a lot of my patients actually have started smoking again when they didn't because of the stress from the pandemic. Um, and so these are exceedingly important things to address, but there are also actual uh, cardiac diagnoses, something called stress-induced cardiomyopathy, where patients who are so stressed are more likely to have heart failure. Um, so, so, so while it's hard to quantify what stress um, actually, um, how much stress puts you at risk, we know that it, it does. And it's something that has to be acknowledged and something that has to be addressed. And patients know that just as much as they have to make time for exercise and eating a healthy diet, um, it's important to focus on uh, wellness and self-care, making time uh, to, to, to find ways to, to decrease your stress level. I'm not trying to pick on the younger crowd here, but isn't health, excuse me, heart care a lifelong thing? You shouldn't wait until you're 50 to decide, oh, I need to take care of my heart. This, you really establish those healthy habits early in your life, correct? I couldn't uh, say that better. It is so correct. You know, um, studies that were done on autopsies on young children have found that uh, children as young as age 10 and 11 start developing plaque buildup in their arteries. So it is never too early to start um, optimizing your heart health. And I will say, um, you know, yes, in the younger population, uh, you know, they are not excluded. I, you know, recently had a 37 year old woman who had a heart attack, um, a 40 year old man who died of heart disease. So, so, so knowing that healthy habits should indeed start as early as you start eating and as early as you can start exercising and knowing in particular your family history. If you have anyone in your family who's a man um, and had um, heart disease uh, before and including up to age 55 or a woman, 65 and younger, you are particularly at increased risk for heart disease even if you exercise five days a week, if you're eating a perfect plant-based diet, you still could be at risk. So it's important to, you know, um, collaborate with your doctor and, 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 and really evaluate that risk and see if there are additional things that could optimize and further reduce um, your risk for heart disease. What's your overriding message to someone who's been diagnosed with coronary disease? What would you tell them if they were in your office and you, you, inform them that this is now something they have to deal with? Yeah, um, my number one uh, message is that, you know, they should take this not as something discouraging, but as something that is essentially like a, a new beginning. You know, it's, it's frequently a, a positive thing that it's been diagnosed um, and that dangerous complications, you know, haven't occurred or have, um, um, have been taken care of. And, and that now with medications, you know, though a lot of patients, you know, are, are saddened by the fact that they may need more medications that 
than they were on before. I say, you know what, these medications have been proven to save lives and that now um, they are on a, on a beneficial regimen that will reduce their risk for having something dangerous happen in the future. And now um, at the very least, this is a massive wake up call that, you know, you can't take your health for granted and any of the things that you weren't doing before now is the time to really make those changes. So people who are diagnosed at a young age in their thirties and forties, I've seen many of them do such positive changes that they essentially never have to worry about their heart health again, because they're in a really good position, you know? So, so I always tell them just, you know, to be positive, to be engaged, to be empowered and to really partner with their doctor and feel comfortable with their doctor to mention any reservations so that they can fully commit uh, to, to, to the, this, this journey. Hello, Gina DiPietro again. To recap, learning that you have heart disease can give you a second chance of sorts if you pay attention to diet, exercise, and other helpful changes. Modifying your lifestyle isn't always easy, but it will be worth the effort, and your heart will definitely thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Headlines. If you enjoyed this, please take the time to rate and review us, and subscribe to this and all the Novant Health podcasts. We post new episodes all the time. Most are just 15 minutes. Thank you for listening.